to a week five special edition of the uh, Field of 12 Best Bets live show, Best Bets podcast. We are presented by our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. My name is Rob Doster. I have with me today Jimmy Ott of uh, 1045 um, down there in, uh, in Baton Rouge. Uh, another one of my Bet Rivers colleagues. He's the expert. I'm the guy that's just going to be teeing him up. We have a fun Saturday slate that we have to get to. There's a lot of really interesting games, Jimmy. But before we talk all that, and before we talk a little bit about some of the Heisman futures um, and, and some national title futures and, and the numbers that are still out there, I want to ask you this. I'm going to put you on the spot. I want your hottest take about college football now that we're four weeks into the season. The hottest take that you have. Well, I just think that, uh, you know, the – it's, it's, it's difficult for some of these smaller programs to compete with the Alabamas, Georgias, uh, in Ohio states of the world. Um, but we've seen, uh, you know, the James Madison's, the Appalachian states, uh, the uh, Georgia states, the um, Middle Tennessee state. Uh, th- these teams can compete uh, with sort of the mid-level programs. And it's something that has been sorely missed in college football and kind of a breath of fresh air uh, to have a little bit of competitive balance. We've seen some uh, some big upsets, and we've seen some near misses, uh, like uh, Alabama and Texas. And of course, Texas, right after they got out of character, they went back into character. And so maybe, uh, you know, one of the, and that's also Oklahoma, Texas, their last visits maybe to these big 12 venues, a little extra juice. Uh, for those uh, for those home teams, so but just a more more competitive balance, which I like to see. Yeah, we, we've been making the joke on the field twelve that uh, Kansas State is the actual reason why Oklahoma is leaving the Big Twelve because they can't find a way to beat those guys at home. Uh, my hottest take, and I, I don't know if you agree with this, I think that Tennessee has a very real chance to win the SEC. I think Hendon Hooker is a guy that we need to talk about when it comes to uh, the the potential to win the Heisman. I think that he they have enough talent around him. And I think they use him in the right way. I think that they're creative enough. Uh, Josh Heupel is um, with the the things that they can do offensively that uh, that that is a team that you need to take very, very seriously. And maybe I'm just overreacting to a one possession win at a Florida team that, you know, maybe they're not really all that good, Uh, but Tennessee is fun. And I do think that college football is better when Tennessee is great. I mean, did you see the overhead shots? Of yeah, Nayland Stadium, the checkerboard stadium. I mean, that's a hundred, a hundred thousand jammed in there, and th- those seats are kind of Fenway esque. Man, they're really tight, and uh, it's just. I mean, there's there's a lot of fan support, which is a resource. Uh, their budget, um, they they're just a hungry program, but they're still one of the upper echelon resource rich, and we had kind of almost slid them to the second group, mm-hmm. but uh, they're showing you that they're back and. You know, it's a it's, it's something that I didn't predict with Josh Heupel, but we all want, you know, with our offenses, any offense coordinator, your coach, you always want to take shots and be aggressive, but limit the mistakes. Hooker is the poster child for that. This is now a season and a half almost where his touchdowns per interceptions, his yards per attempt, that's the three stats I look for, is really outstanding. And he's executing the offense well, and he's running the ball. A little bit, but he runs it second. He doesn't give up on his routes and his progressions. But when he when it does break down, he runs it. Listen, I had Tennessee. I thought the place was going to be jumping. I, I had them minus a ten and a half. Tough beat uh, last week. But if Richardson's going to throw for four fifty three, that guy's going to throw for four fifty three. I mean, I got to tip my hat. So Tennessee's got a shot. The problem is they insist Bravo playing Alabama every year. So they're going to play Georgia and Alabama, which makes it a little bit tougher. Georgia does not uh, play the Crimson uh, Tide from the West. Yeah, it, I think in recent years, we've seen 
Tennessee have have seasons where they pop up like this with a couple of big wins early on, right? Are you and then they'll kind of fade away. Maybe they'll take a loss that they're not supposed to take, and everything just kind of collapses, right? Is is this team different in your mind? Do you think that this is actually a group that can find a way to go out and win some of those big games? Because look, the the conference that they're in and the division that they're in, it is it it's not going to be easy. There are a lot of very 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 good football teams. You get four games, uh, which is going to be it's going to equate to you know Tennessee Martin's run a win, Missouri uh, is horrible, Vanderbilt is back to Vandy status. So you go to Baton Rouge uh, in Tiger Stadium, you catch a break that uh, CBS is going to exercise their day night doubleheader. Alabama and Texas A&M on prime time, and they're going to take the number one team against Auburn, Georgia against Auburn at 2.30, 11 a.m. Bourbon and, you know, bourbon and cereal, I mean, doesn't really mix uh, down in Baton Rouge. So, I mean, then they follow that You can make it work, man. You can make it work. (laughs) (laughs) Then you go to uh, Alabama. They they host Kentucky, and they go to Georgia. Being realistic, that's kind of a split in those those games. The one they have to win, they have to find a way to win uh, at Georgia to own that tiebreaker. If they get that win, they'll have a chance. But uh, Georgia, Georgia's going to be massive favorites in every game. You know, they're really good. Um, yeah, this just in, they're really good. But, I mean, unexpectedly this good with getting hit on the draft like they did. And Bennett is more of a guy. They're, they're, they're more balanced this year. He was kind of a caretaker last year. Don't get his feet, bigger spots, stuff like that. No, he is really uh, – he's taking it to another level. I know we're going to get to Heisman's, and, I mean, the Heisman Trophy winner has to come from a winning team. I think it was 8-3 and three when they were playing 11 games when RG3 won it the last time with the big win on Championship Saturday uh, against uh, against Texas. But um, they got to go at uh, – you know, Georgia's going to be really, really good, and if they take care of business, he's going to be way up there. He's getting, uh, he's getting a, a trip to New York. So we'll see guys like Kansas um, in in uh, uh, Daniels, Jalen Daniels. I mean, can Kansas go nine and three or eight and four? Maybe they're four and zero right now. He's unbelievable. Uh, Penix uh, from Washington, big game on a big stage this week mm-hmm. uh, on a Friday night standalone game uh, in the Rose Bowl against UCLA. He's been phenomenal, but they have to win. Can those teams win nine, ten games to give those guys a shot? Yeah, well, we'll we'll get into that uh what that Washington UCLA game because I think that one is a little bit fascinating. Um, Tennessee right now they're paying off uh, uh eight thousand uh, plus eight thousand, which is eighty to one odds to to win the national title. I think it's a little bit more interesting to go with um, Hendon Hooker at fifteen hundred uh, plus fifteen hundred to win the Heisman fifteen to one, simply because I think if Tennessee wins the national title, right, then Hendon Hooker is going to win the Heisman, and you give yourself a couple more outs there as well. Uh, right now, Georgia is plus 175. Alabama is plus 240 at Bet Rivers. Ohio State is plus 250. Clemson plus 2,000. USC plus 2,000. Is there anything other than the favorites, right? Like everyone is going to, you know, you got you got some people that like Georgia, some people like Alabama, some people like uh, Ohio State. It kind of depends on what flavor ice cream you like, right? There's really no right answer there. They're, they're all very, very good. Uh, is there anybody good. that you think has an actual yeah. chance to win this national title outside of those top three? It's hard for me uh, to to pull the trigger on anybody uh, outside of the uh, big three. And I'll even go maybe the big two uh, with uh, Georgia and Alabama. And uh, I'll contradict myself with the Alabama pick a little bit later. But um, the thing is, I I like the competitive balance. But I guess Alabama got a scare. It was Nick Saban's first road trip at a non-conference game. 
It's the first mm-hmm. non-conference game ever as a, at a visiting uh, campus. So, um, and uh, I, it's, it's still not there yet, Rob. I, I, until it's until it's uh, done. I mean, Alabama's roster or Georgia's roster, Ohio State flexed a little bit after kind of a lukewarm game to start the season. We don't want to overreact to week one uh, week one results against Notre Dame, but uh, it's hard for me to pull the trigger. And I'm always a, a value guy, but. I just don't see anybody. Remember how good Michigan was last year. Mm-hmm. They were really good. I mm-hmm. mean, they whooped Ohio State up front. And they got, I mean, it was men against boys when they went and played Georgia in a semifinal game. So uh, it, it's hard for me. It's kind of a no play as far as the national title looking for any value in this sport. It's tough. Yeah, I, I like USC uh, plus 2000, but that's just because I, I think that I'm a little bit too heavy on the USC bandwagon right here. There's Their ceiling is so high when they're playing their best, but there's going to be some point this uh, this season where they do something dumb. All right, uh, real quick, Heisman odds. C.J. Stroud is the overwhelming favorite right now. He's plus 120. Bryce Young is coming in at plus 500. Kalen Williams at plus 700. Stetson Bennett, Hendon Hooker, they're both plus 1,500. The guy that I like that's, that's kind of interesting, Brock Bowers, checking in at plus 5,000 at Bet River. Is that you like that? Is there any? Uh... It is going to Bennett. It's going to Bennett. Think so? I mean, unless they start running uh, Wildcat with Bowers, and he's legit, <laughs> man. He's great. And how about the tight ends they have? And the number one player in the country who originally came to LSU and transferred back home to Georgia, he's not even making the trips right now. Eric Gilbert. The tight ends are unbelievable at Georgia. Again, Kirby, this just in, he can recruit. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Um, Caleb Williams, I, I'm wondering how sustainable that USC run is right now. Plus 14. But the good thing about it is, I talked about Hooker protecting the ball. He has not turned the ball over. USC has not turned the ball over at all. 14 turnovers to zero. They win in the last uh, minute and a half uh, in Corvallis last weekend. Plus four in a turnover battle there. So, I just don't know if that's sustainable uh, moving forward. But, uh, you know, that's going to be, you know, they'll roll Arizona State this week, and then we'll see as they go to Salt Lake City. That'll be the big game there. Stetson Bennett I love. I love it 15-1. to I mean, he has a shot, no doubt. I mean, Georgia's number one right now. They're heavily favored in the rest of their games. Why not uh, take a shot at him? But you want a real shot? Go to Minnesota. And mm-hmm. the uh, Minnesota is going to be favored in every one of their games minus one trip. And that is to Happy Valley. Uh, they went to East Lansing. And um, I, I mean, it was uh, the Spartans tapped out, man. Mel Tucker, come on, man. You got to get more out of your team for that kind of money. And so they showed me something all of a sudden in a vulnerable uh, Big Ten West. They're emerging as the best team. Go to Happy Valley. One win. One Ibrahim, he's the second leading rusher in the country right now. You want a shot? I'm not going to give you a shot on a national champion, but in the uh, in the Heisman, 80 to 1 is worth a look. Yeah, it's worth it. All right, let's get into some of these games that are coming up this weekend because we have a loaded slate. We got to roll through these fairly quickly because there's a lot to get to, Jimmy. I am fired up about this Saturday. Great slate. Um, we'll start with. You know, I want to start with Kentucky at Ole Miss because this line doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I, I'm I'm on the Kentucky bandwagon. I think that they are good. I think that their ranking is is legitimate. I think that they are uh, getting to the point where we need to talk about them not just being a basketball school, right? Period, point blank, period. Um, but they are getting seven points at an Ole Miss team that really hasn't, like, what have they done this year that would make you believe that they should be laying seven points against a team like Kentucky, uh, even though it is at home? And Lane Kiffin, 
I don't know if you caught it this week. He was complaining about what that that home field atmosphere has been like. So I don't know if the fans are going to show up. I know they like to party down there. Um, I know they, they get after it in the Grove. So where do you, where do you stand on Kentucky at Ole Miss? The line uh, uh, at Bet Rivers, Ole Miss lane seven, like I said, the total there, 53 and a half. They're 11 a.m. kick. That's early. Ole Miss is just in. They like to party as well. Not quite the uh, atmosphere at Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge, but trust me, there will not be an empty seat uh, in Vaught Hemingway Stadium. I mean, they're in a the top 15 playing a top 10 team. No, no, they're really excited. That game could have gotten interesting last week if uh, Bryn, the nation's leading passer for Tulsa, doesn't go down late in the second quarter. Uh, with that being said, it was still a one-possession game. This is a new-look team uh, for, for Lane Kiffin. They're not uh, as explosive. Um, they're more of a ground-and-pound running game, ball-control team, uh, where they're uh, rushing it uh, 280 yards a game. That's top 10 in the country. Now, we've always seen the highlights with Lane having these big chunk plays and the receivers just busting up wide open uh, for uh, the, the monster pass plays, they've always had balance. They don't have balance this year. They are two-to-one run-to-pass ratio, and Jackson Dart is running it more and more, the quarterback. So I, I, I had a lot of bets on Ole Miss over seven and a half for the win totals. I actually had under Kentucky. They replaced Juan Robinson with uh, another good uh, transfer in Virginia Tech, and they miss him uh, in Blacksburg. This line is interesting because it's a public dog. Over 80% of the tickets right now at Bet Rivers are on Kentucky plus the points. I kind of like the points a little bit too much. Um, Ole Miss, I, I, I thought that this was going to be no problem. Lane Kiffin has done it with enough uh, decent quarterbacks. And Dart can throw the ball. He was highly recruited when he went to USC. He's got a good arm, can run a little bit. But I'm just not seeing the chunk plays, the explosive plays that we've seen in the past with Lane Kiffin. So, yeah, I've, I've, I've leaned toward taking the uh, seven. I'm on the public side on this one, not uh, unusual for me. It's never comfortable to to be on the side with with, with the public, right? Um, no, I, I will say this. Not. <laughs> I, I, I will say this. Uh, we saw what Kentucky did to a running quarterback in Anthony Richardson, right? So if you're talking to me about Jackson Dart is, is doing all this stuff with his legs, they're doing all these things with him on the ground, he's, he, he's not – Anthony Richardson. So I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I tend to lead towards Kentucky here. And that's the line that I think more than anything else popped out to me this week. You know what else popped out to me? Arkansas at home coming off a self-inflicted loss, getting mm. 17 and a half points against an Alabama team that has played on the road once this season and probably could have lost to Texas if Quinn Ewers doesn't go down. So Jimmy, I'm teasing it here. We talked about this before we hit record. We talked about this before we went live. Where do you stand on Arkansas and Alabama? Arkansas figures out ways to lose that game against Texas A&M all but last year. You know, in every year but the, the last seven games against A&M, all but the COVID year, they've blown a lead uh, in that game. And then they blow it again. We're in 2022 now. But somebody, the coaches, go see Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick will cut you if you reach the ball out uh, by the goal line for uh, unless it's fourth down. The reward does not match the risk. Richardson cost them a game. Missouri cost them a game. Okay. So they invent ways. I had uh, Arkansas huge plus two and a half, but Rob also had plus one and a half. Hot number of two. Well, it fell that way. Strange things. Arkansas is good. They're sound. Pittman's an excellent coach. Minus that, uh, Jefferson has been very, very good for them. I love their coordinator combo on the offensive side with Kendall Bryles. It's not this finesse stuff that his dad used to do at Baylor. It's real sound uh, 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 
a balanced attack. He makes it easier on easy on his quarterbacks. And Barry Odom's very good on defense. Alabama lost uh, last year at College Station. Alabama uh, was a, a two-point conversion for going to overtime against Florida and Gainesville. Alabama should have lost at Auburn. Tank Bigsby stays in bounds uh, in the Iron Bowl. And this is going to be one of their tougher trips as well. Alabama's not quite hitting on everything. Now, look, Saban's going to get his team better over the course of the season. But right now, I think Arkansas, I love, it's one of my favorite picks, Arkansas plus a 17 and a half. So if you're looking for a money line too, you want you want that's a shot. That's a tease. Don't give it away yet. Don't give it away yet. Okay. Don't give it away yet. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, but but yeah, I, I'm, love I'm with you fan. too. Yeah. I'm I'm with you too. It's it's a road game. We've seen Alabama the last couple of years struggle on the road. Like you said, they are not hitting on all cylinders, and it feels like a little bit of a buy low spot after Arkansas kind of shot themselves in the uh, in the foot last weekend. All right, uh, let's head over to the Big Twelve because there is a fascinating matchup between. The two, I I think you got to say the two best teams in the conference. I don't really know how the Big 12 is going to shake out. I don't really know how those power rankings stack up. I think it's kind of a matter of opinion at this point. But we have Oklahoma State going on the road to take on Baylor. Baylor's laying two. The total there is 56 and a half. Let me ask you this. Oklahoma State hasn't really done anything to, to make us believe that they're a top 10 team at this point, right? And Baylor is an overtime loss at BYU, who, by the way, is a top 25 team in college football this year. Um, how differently would we be looking at the Bears if they had won that game in overtime? And how Absolutely. differently would we view this matchup if you know the, that, that one 25-yard possession goes differently after the game had already been uh, – the, the game had already ended? Yeah, I agree with you. Same thing like with Arkansas. Had they won like they were supposed to, they'd be number seven in the country or so and getting all those points at home. People might, we might not be getting that type of number. Uh, same thing. They should have beaten a, a BYU in Provo. Um, and, uh, and Oklahoma State is where they're ranked because of where they finished last year uh, in a top 10. Central Michigan's done very little. They put up 44 on Oklahoma State on that first Thursday night. Arizona State's horrible. They already ran Herm off. Uh, reports that they were the players were looking to get rid of Herm so bad that they were telling the opponents the play they were running at the line of scrimmage uh, would be the running back uh, on, on that team. And, of course, you don't get any credit for winning in the swag. So, uh, no, I like the home team here. Nice win uh, for Dave Miranda's Bears. Uh, Shapin, after a kind of a little bit of a shaky start, is getting back into shape, pardon the pun there. But he, remember, he was the one that came in that uh, Big 12 championship game against Oklahoma State and played so well, uh, especially in the first half. So, yeah, I like uh, I like Baylor in, in this spot. Oklahoma State lost their defense coordinator and lost just about every player on defense. So, no, I like the Baylor, the Bears at home at Waco. Yeah, I, I agree. I just that that number is too small um, for a Baylor team that I think is probably still the best team. Big Twelve uh, has no weak teams. They, they really don't. don't. With Kansas being good, with Kansas State being pretty, I mean, Iowa State is a little resource, but they've been pretty good for a while. I mean, West Virginia is a good team, man. I mean, they should have beat Pitt uh, on the road early. So there really are no weak teams uh, in the in the Big Twelve this year. Yeah, I I, I like Baylor minus two. Though. That 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 number seems a little bit off to me. All right, I'm I'm curious where you stand on this one uh because we've been dogging iowa all season long right we make a lot of jokes about iowa we have a shirt in our merch store right now that says punt to win for iowa um (laughs) they are getting 11 points at home against the michigan team that struggled at home against maryland last saturday the total in that game is 42 which means if my math is correct the implied score there is essentially 26 and a half 
to 15 and a half, right? So where do you stand? Like this, this Iowa team defensively, I think they've given up what 23 points all season long. They're getting scooping scores. They're getting pick sixes and Michigan. Look, they, they, we, we finally saw a little bit of a chink in the armor against Maryland. Can Iowa cover 11 at home against the Wolverines? Yeah. Um, giving up a uh, five, uh, yeah, yeah. 23 points in, uh, in four games, 5.75 a, a game. So, um, Man, they were they're tough to watch uh, on offense. That Iowa Iowa State game was uh, was rough. Um, this is a game where I always bet Iowa. I've always taken the points when the big boys come to uh, Iowa City. Uh, the thing that um, I was interested in, I know that uh, Tua's little brother and the three wide receivers for Maryland and Loxley are very explosive. I was kind of impressed the push they got, you know, with their power running game. Well, I was certainly going to try and run the ball between the tackles a little bit against Michigan. It's um, <clears throat> it's a it's a ton of points at home uh, in uh, in this contest, and so I um, and I had Michigan. Uh, I squared out on one of these multi leg uh, 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 parlay cards on you know money line, and I was I felt fortunate for Michigan to get uh, to get there because when Tua went out for that little bit, that, that really did affect the game. So. Um, I, I'm going to say what, what I do. It's a, it's a spot here. Iowa was, um, they benefited from the uh, turnover battle last week uh, uh, in uh, Piscataway. So um, low scoring, give me 10 and a half. It's just, I'm going to stay with what I do every time, but I, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's not without stress. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, is... I think you got to be on Iowa in the spot. Just it's, it's a lot of points and what's going to end up being a low scoring game against the team where uh, they're always capable of, uh, scoring a touchdown with their defense. Um, I also tend to lean towards the under in this spot as well. I think the fact that last week's game went over as a result of two defensive touchdowns right. uh, means that this number is getting a little bit inflated. And I just, this, this screams like a 17, 13 Michigan win to me, right? A game that's all about punting and all about field position, and all about turnover battles and who can make the most field goals. So I, I tend to lean towards Iowa and the under in this spot. I think they'll keep it competitive. All right. Uh, let's go to the ACC. We got a couple of interesting battles there. I want to start, you know, last week I, I, I said it with Greg Wake Forest against Clemson, maybe the two best teams in the ACC. Is that a battle for uh, the ACC supremacy, right? Well, I'm saying it again this week. We have NC state heading down to Clemson. Uh, the line there is Clemson lane six and a half. The total there is 39 and a half. According to bet rivers, so do we trust Evan Leary? Do we trust the Wolfpack? Can they go down there to Clemson and find a way to at least keep this thing competitive, if not win? It's funny, the ACC, when we previewed it this year for Bet Rivers, they were, it was a quarterback league, and DJU was not even one of those guys. Uh, he mm -hmm. did show you that he can he can win in a shootout uh, because they needed him. And in the throws he made, he made some accurate throws with some touch, which we haven't seen a whole lot to, out of him uh, previously. NC State's kind of been lukewarm. Uh, they were supposed to be clicking a little bit uh, more than this. But then again, this is a spot, I'm sure, that they've been eyeing down uh, since the start of the season. So they did take care of Texas Tech by double digits, 27 to 14, although Texas Tech uh, failed on some opportunities there. Clemson folks, um, they're, they're not happy about a bunch of things. Uh, first of all, their secondary is banged up. They were back with uh, two backup cornerbacks in Hartman identified that the cornerbacks were in position the whole time. But when they see the back of their helmets, the good quarterbacks consider them open. And it was how many times over and over again, just a catch 
with the DB, not looking to play, make a play on the ball. I mean, over and over, Hartman's really, really good. I didn't know if their sort of amoeba protection, their extended RPOs, would be able to hold up against that front. But knowing that he could release the ball against these DBs or not looking to back, make a play on it, it was it kind of neutralized that front. I don't think that uh, uh, they're getting a whole lot back in the secondary uh, this week. This is a standaway spot for me, but I'm not ready to um, – I, I, I could see going both ways. So it's kind of a stay-away spot for me. I, I'm not going to fault NC State for being less than impressive with uh, one eye on this uh, trip to uh, Clemson you know, for, uh, since the start of the season. Yeah, I, I just think it, it feels like Clemson's starting to figure some things out offensively, right? And I don't know if I – trust nc state to look I, I know that they're good i know that devin leary is good and i, I i've watched them play they can uh they can score they can put up points it, it's still like just the concept of saying okay i'm going to bet on nc state at clemson just makes me feel really uncomfortable so i probably will be staying away from uh from this game in this spot but i do think that clemson is the side that if you want to bet this game at clemson is the side that i would want to be on let's stick in the acc you mentioned wake forest you mentioned sam hartman they are on the road at florida state in a game where they are getting seven points, Seminoles, man, like they, they've, they, they've looked about as close to air quotes, legit as we've seen Florida state be in a long, long time. They won at LSU. They won at Louisville. They beat BC. And now they're at home in a game that I'm assuming is going to be uh, at the very least a little bit windy and a little bit wet. Uh, but it is, it does sound like it's going to end up getting played. So where do you stand? Wake Forest at Florida State. Uh, Florida State is minus seven. That total at Bet Rivers is 64 points. Yeah, going into the season, Norvell, this was a team that you kind of quietly could have been on the improve a little bit. Now, it's still not in their heyday. Uh, they're relying on the transfer portal to kind of patchwork the, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, offensive and defensive lines as opposed to getting no stud four and five stars that were drafted uh, very high. But they've taken care of business. Uh, as shaky as it was against uh, LSU in the Superdome, uh, it's still the first week. And so there's going to be a lot of ugly games. They survived and they they, they won, but it's how they it's how they won, um, you know, the, uh, the, the last game. I mean, usually this is a team that is played down to competition. But Boston College, I mean, they just annihilated last week, 44 to 14. It's 31 nothing at half. And so uh, Jordan Travis is a guy that, I mean, he has, he has some experience. He has gotten better, uh, more settled in the pocket. His uh, accuracy has improved. And, uh, you know, that wild game was on a, a Friday night at Louisville where they pulled it out as well with the backup. So they're winning right now. And, um, but boy, uh, Wake Forest, man, and, uh, and Hartman, he's really, really good. And if you're going to give me that many points, I'm going to take my chance uh, with Wake. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about some emotion left on the field. How many uh, overtime? I mean, that was, it was a, a highly entertaining game that you're going to leave a little bit of that juice on the field. I'm worried about that. Not my favorite one, but Wake, I mean, Hartman plus this many points against still Florida State that I'm not sure where they are in the rebuilding process. I'd have to take the points. Yeah, I, I think I'd also lean towards the under here as well. It just feels like a game that is, uh, you know, it's, it's 64, 64 points is a lot of yeah. points. So I, I think I'd like the under there as well. Uh, we mentioned this earlier, Washington at UCLA. Washington has looked really good this season. UCLA struggled with South Alabama, but then turned around and just smacked uh, Colorado on Saturday. So let me ask you this. Is uh, is UCLA at the end of uh, Saturday night going to have uh, Penix envy? 
<laughs> Very good. Uh, one of the many, one of the many quarterback transferring to reunite with a former coordinator or not coordinator or um, a head coach with Kalen DeBoer. And we saw Michael Penix uh, with and without uh, Kalen DeBoer, second leading passer in the country right now. Mm -hmm. He's got to be getting uh, some some Heisman run. Um, and, and I like the way, you know, that was considered. I, I don't think Michigan State's going to be that good this year. Um, but that was a big game for them. And they 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 handled them and they followed it up with uh, in a spot against Stanford that could have been a little bit tricky and they just couldn't get him off the field. So he's been phenomenal. The thing about him, though, is he's kind of this true dual threat. Now he's super athletic, but they're trying to make him a better passer. He is throwing the ball. He's not running that much. He is more of a just, you know, less of a kind of Hayden Hooker. I talked about him when it breaks down. He's not even a dual threat. He is committed as a passer, and Kalen DeBoer has him on fire right now. I'm riding it, man. They Last time I was in the Rose Bowl, they had to give tickets away to get people there. They're just not concerned. Did you see the crowd against South Alabama? It's uh, It's got Rick Neuheisel and some others screaming for an on-campus facility. I don't know where they're going to put it. But, yeah, I'll take uh, Michael Penix. Yeah, Penix Envy, baby, in, Penix uh, Envy. in the Rose Bowl. I, I will uh, this add this. I, I said Saturday night that the, the game is. It's actually a Friday night game. Yeah, um, yeah. Friday night in L.A., there's going to be a lot of people that are going to find something more interesting to do than try to find a way to trek to the Rose Bowl to uh, to watch Washington play. And, look, I, I, I do think, one, Washington is good. And two, the Pac-12 is a lot better than people are giving it credit for. So I'm I'm on uh, I'm on Washington in this spot as we well. We got some All fun right. storylines in the Pac-12, man. Yeah, man, there it was are. A great game, teams. Washington State, Oregon it was a great game, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, Utah is still kind of. We're not talking about Utah. We haven't talked about Utah in a while, but they're they're still kind of lurking. They're still around. All right, uh, there's four more games that I want to get to. We can roll through these pretty quickly. Purdue at Minnesota. Uh, look, I produce the JP and Hack Show on our network with Josh Perry and Christian Hackenberg, and all they talked about this week was how good Mo Ibrahim is, how good Minnesota is, the culture, PJ Flag, like all of this. It, it, I'm, I'm getting kind of sick of the Gophers a little bit. They're talking too much about it. So let me ask you this. Laying 12 and a half at home against Purdue and Aiden O'Connell, where do you stand on this spot? Tanner Morgan, uh, his offense coordinator, comes back. Uh, Abraham, I'm glad to see he's getting some love. I mean, I'll, I'll take a shot on him at 80 to one uh, to win the Heisman. And keep in mind, the biggest line in offensive uh, in college football last year, the offensive line, they graduated a lot of guys. So that was my concern coming in. Uh, Morgan has been there. Ibrahim is back. Uh, but man, that line has performed great. So that's a big front that can lean on you until they, I mean, they beat uh, Michigan State as bad as they did, and it could have been a lot worse. They, 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 they pulled off the brakes. Now they got Purdue at home. First, you look at this, man, their favorite double digits. These are comparable programs, maybe not this year. So I love how Morgan's playing well, but it's easy to play quarterback when you handed the ball off. The offensive line, that's the, the, the unit that I was most concerned with, and they've been awesome. I mean, they just they just bulldozed uh, Michigan State. I'm laying the points. I'm riding up. I'm, I'm rowing the boat, baby, to lay uh, don't cover. So that's that's my team. A little shot to win the, uh, the Big Ten. And certainly a shot to get Abraham in New York for the Heisman. Rowing the boat. All right. Iowa State is lane three at Kansas. The total there is 58. Look, is Kansas for real? I think Kansas is for real. I know Jalen Daniels is. Mm -hmm. No doubt. I mean, you want to talk about dual threat guys? He is legit. Uh, Les Miles did something right. He was one of his recruits uh, out of California. And man, he throws the ball with a lot of accuracy. 
Uh, multiple time, back-to-back weeks now, he's accounted for five touchdowns. Last week, four passing, one throw. I mean, four passing, one running, three and two the week before. There and, and Lance Leipold runs a lot of personnel packages to keep them unpredictable and not really uh, tipping off tendencies to their opponents. They're for real. Man, that was an emotional uh, win last week uh, in Lawrence. Can they follow it up as well? I'm a little bit hesitant, but I'm going to keep that uh, uh, getting points at home. I'll take Kansas. Yeah, the money line there is plus 128. It's not my money law, money line dog pick that we're going to get to in a little bit, but I do think that Kansas uh, at home plus 128 to win is uh, interesting and it's fun. And you know that that building is going to be rocking. Kansas fans have been desperate to have something to root for, right? It, literally, literally anything. And now yeah. they have a team that's 4-0. Uh, with a with a real chance to like make some noise in a conference that looks like it's pretty wide open at the top in the Big 12. So uh, yeah, Kansas plus 128 money line. I like that. All right. The weirdest line of the week, Rutgers at Ohio State. The total is 59 and a half. The line is Ohio State minus 40 and a half, which means the implied score here, Jimmy, is Ohio State 50, Rutgers 9.5. I don't know if I've ever seen that in a, in a big 10 conference game. Like that's when, that's when Ohio state plays Toledo. That that's the line that you see when Ohio state plays Kent state. Now when they play another big 10 foe, what do you make of this? Well, uh, some uh, places won't even let you bet a, a correlated parlay uh, on this. You know, if you wanted to bet Ohio state in the over, you know, for such, such a tight window. Uh, but uh, Greg Schiano spent some time at Columbus. I think he's a good sport there. Sometimes they can show a little mercy uh, in the, in this situation. So it's 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 this is nothing. I'm uh, I'm not going to bet a line uh, that this uh, this one. But if you're asking for opinion, that might be my only angle. They may take it easy on their former uh, assistant at Columbus. Give me the the Rutgers team total over nine and a half. Give me that. I, look, 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 if if this is as bad as we think it's going to end up being, then Ohio State's probably going to have their backups in, and then they're going to have their third stringers in, and then they're going to have the walk-ons in. And you're telling me that Rutgers and Greg Shiano can't find a way to get something, anything. Give me the give me the Rutgers team total over. Give me one touchdown, one field goal. That's all I need. And I'll might be happy. Even, might be two in the fourth quarter against their backups. Absolutely, exactly. Yeah. Done and dusted. There you go. Um, yeah, but, I, but beyond that, I'm staying away because I'll, we saw Ohio State put up 77 points in like 40 yeah. and a half quarters a couple of weeks ago. So I'm 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 going to stay away from everything else in this game. But give me the Rutgers team total over. They got to be able to get 10. You cannot be a Big Ten team and not score 10 points in the game. That's, be, careful that's just, that, that, be careful with that gotta. Ain't gotta do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> True. All right. Uh, let's talk about LSU at Auburn. Your Tigers um, are laying nine uh, in a game where the total is 45 and a half. LSU, they bounced back pretty well from that, the, the, the loss to Florida State. Um, but I mean, look, this is this is probably the easiest game that they have over the course of the next five weeks, six weeks. Uh, I'm going to read you LSU's schedule at Auburn, Tennessee at home, at Florida, Ole Miss at home, Alabama at home, at Arkansas. Then they get a break with UAB and they have to play at Texas A&M. That is just brutal. What do you make of LSU in this spot? Parson, <clears throat> most people think that he would have been gone if uh, they make the field goal, Missouri, or don't reach the ball out uh, in uh, overtime. So biggest point spread, biggest favorite ever, that LSU is at Jordan-Hare Stadium uh, in Auburn. But, I mean, they've stacked the deck against Harson. We talked about that. Uh, he might be gone uh, after this game. So uh, it's uh, – you know, this is uh, also kind of sad because uh, this is uh, when they do reconfigure the divisions or non-divisions uh, playing this game annually. And they've had a lot of history and some wild games 
um, this is probably going to go bye-bye uh, as far as being an annual uh, an annual game. But uh, public bet, all of Auburn, it, it, interestingly, because the line is just moving up, up, up LSU. It's not a spot where I want to lay uh, with anybody, but uh, I would lay it here if I had to pick. I'd take LSU minus points. Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a straight stay away spot for me. It, it just it's I, I think tough. you can make the argument that it, it's something of a buy low spot for Auburn, especially as that line keeps moving up. But the idea of backing Auburn right now uh, is terrifying to me. So I'm just gonna I, I'm gonna stay away. You didn't get it at the best number, so there's no point in getting in late. Um, that's the way they'll look at it. All right. Uh, Georgia Tech at Pitt. This is the last one we're going to talk about. Pitt is laying 22 points. Total there is 49. Can Georgia Tech have any kind of new coach bounce here, Jimmy? Give me 15 seconds on whether or not you think the Yellow Jackets got No. Chance. My favorite uh, win total under was three and a half. I mean, Nick Saban couldn't have taken this roster against his schedule and had a good season. I mean, sorry. Uh, poor Jeff Collins, but he's gone in uh, three-plus years. And uh, to just keep – Pitt just keep on winning. So, uh, but Georgia Tech uh, played with Central Florida. They can play within uh, 20, uh, 22 points in this one. All right, there you have it. We've broken down 12 games already. Uh, before we get into our money line underdog picks, I haven't even teased mine yet. I have a good one. I have one that I think is going to have a chance to hit. Uh, we need to get to Mr. Greg Waddell's week five retirement parlay. Dagan, hit it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for week five's retirement parlay presented by Bet Rivers. And while I may look like I'm in a retirement home, I got some bad news for the people out there. This is probably the last time you're ever going to see me again, because by next week at this time, I'll be on a beach somewhere. This week we're hitting $100 bet to win $28,737.70. Never forget the sense. Let's go through them. Houston, money line at home to beat Tulane. UTSA, money line at Middle Tennessee State. San Diego State plus 13.5 at Boise State. Boise quarterback Bachmeyer, bye bye. Washington, money line at UCLA. Kentucky plus 7 at Ole Miss is too many points. Maryland, money line at home against Michigan State. Kansas, money line at home against Iowa State. Over 51.5 in Virginia Tech, North Carolina. Tar Heels can't stop anybody. Clemson, money line at home against NC State. Oregon, money line at home against Stanford. And Indiana, money line on the road at Nebraska. 100 bucks, win 28,000 bucks. Thank me later, and I'll see you on the beach. Jimmy, that's an 11 leg parlay to win 28,000. $737.70. You can never forget the cents on a $100 bet. I just want to know, like, when, when Greg hits one of these, is he is he paying for us? Like, is he going to pay for our flight to go wherever we're going? All expense paid. All no expense doubt. paid, right? Where, where are we going? Oh, uh, the holidays. We're going down south, man. Uh, you're going to the uh, Virgin Islands, or we're going down to uh, Cabo. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. You, you ever do Cabo for New Year's Day bowls? It's great. It's a great yeah, place. That, that's we will. We will. When Greg <laughs> hits one of these retirement parlays, that's where we're going. That's where we're headed. All right. Uh, before we get into our favorite play of the week, I need your money line underdog. We teased this a little bit earlier. Who do you got? It takes onions, baby, to uh, bet against Bama. But uh, I think Arkansas has got a real shot. Uh, and I think it's going to be a competitive game. Uh, plus the 17 and a half. I love plus 575 on the money line for the Arkansas Razorbacks at home against Alabama. So I, I kind of teased this a little bit earlier, but I like Kansas at home plus 128. 
Um, they're getting three points. I, I, I just, you gotta, you gotta stick with the, the miracle bandwagon team, right? I'm all in on the Jayhawks rock chalk, baby. But my favorite money line underdog play is Illinois on the road at Wisconsin. Uh, they're getting seven points. The money line there is plus two twenty five. Illinois basically does all of the stuff that Wisconsin does, right? They got big bruisers up front. They got a running back that is going to, uh, if not lead the country in rushing, be up there in the mix for the best uh, running backs in all of college football and put up the best numbers in all of college football in Chase Brown. Um, and Wisconsin, to me, is the kind of team where if one thing goes wrong, everything goes wrong. All you need is one turnover, one fumble in the red zone, uh, one thing, one bad thing to happen to them, and then it can kind of all just crumble away. So uh, I like Illinois. I'm backing them. Christian Hackenberg, Josh Perry, back me up on this one. They talked me into it. I was kind of on the fence, but I'm all the way in on the Illini this week, plus 225 to find a way to get it done at Camp Randall. All right, Jimmy, I think I know where you're going to go with this one, but what is your favorite play of the week? Oh, it's a it's a game that we haven't talked about, but uh, I'm going to go with a little look ahead spot for, a, 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 you know, look, Texas A&M uh, had the emotional win against Arkansas. Very fortunate. Uh, it was a great atmosphere in Jerry World. And then they go to Tuscaloosa uh, next week. A little sleepy trip to Starkville in between. I love Mississippi State. You know, it's the gift that keeps on giving, huh? The unranked team favorite over the ranked team. Give me Mississippi State minus a three and a half. Mm-hmm. I like that as well. Uh, I think my favorite play this week is Kentucky on the road, getting seven points at Ole Miss. We talked about it earlier at length. It just feels like that is uh that's too many points for a Kentucky team that I'm, I'm kind of all in on at this point, but uh, Jimmy, this has been the week five best bet show on the field of 12 media network. We are presented by our partners over at bet river. So for Jimmy out for Greg Waddell and his retirement parlay, shout out to Dagan Hughes and Trevor uh, doing the production behind the scenes. My name is Rob Doster. We will see you guys again next Thursday.